Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll podcast. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and the Lakers just won a preseason game, 112 to 107, a result that I am far more excited about than I should be, considering it was a preseason game. <laughs> uh, but I'm joined today by Anthony Irwin to talk about some, you know, meaningful takeaways from this game. Anthony, how are you doing? Doing great. Lakers are undefeated. I wonder if they can, so they're going to play, what, 72 games? Mm-hmm in the regular season you still have to win 16 right so that gets you to 88 88 and then they can go four you know here right so 92 and no baby here we come <laughs> still in play <laughs> it's right there i mean honestly if they don't it's a disappointing season I, I mean i haven't seen a way that this team is going to lose so far you know everything just looks hunky-dory at this point but uh I wanted to call you out, Anthony, because you had a tweet today that just, I mean, if, if anyone's been paying attention, uh, just really came out of left field. I want to make sure I get this right because, you know, far be it for me to misquote your words, but. And no, Anthony Harrison, Irwin, it's not that one that I deleted. Anthony it's, Irwin it's said, is this the year I buy some Coos stock? <laughs> well, it's hard to say, but maybe. Yeah, well, the thing about playing a stock market, right, is that when when a certain stock gets to a certain point, mm-hmm. right, like it, you you have to buy it if it's low enough, um, and and so that's kind of where I find myself to a certain extent is that I think Twitter is a little too low on Kuzma heading into okay. the season. Uh, you're, you're Do you no longer of- follow Christian Rivas? Is that what happened? <laughs> No, I mean, like, even he was, you know, talking about, like, oh, he'd be okay if he got traded and, and all these things. I'm saying, like, Taylor Horton Tucker should get Kuzma's minutes mm-hmm. on, out there, which is certainly a take. Uh, so I, that's kind of the starting place, is that the price is nice and low. It's, okay. it's like, I think the New York Times at one point was trading for about five bucks a share and is now at 50. So if you can get uh, the, the Times a a newspaper that is almost literally too big to fail at that low of a price you buy in on the times that low of a price uh but for for coups i think that's kind of where i find myself and then the other half of the take is that like i'm not saying this based off of i know i tweeted it during garbage time of the Lakers' third (laughs) preseason game uh which doesn't help my case here but i it's that some of the things that you want Kuzma to do alongside Anthony Davis, alongside LeBron James, alongside Mark Gasol. He was doing that stuff. Like he's not hesitating on, on his jumper, which mm-hmm. is a big deal, you know, for, for, for whoever is going to pl- play that other wing spot in that lineup. Uh, so that was nice to see. I just think alongside Mark Gasol, like that is the perfect big, for for Kuz to play alongside it's somebody who understands the game is always looking always has his eyes kind of at the rim so that you can see back cuts as or before they happen and Kuz has looked great because of that too so I think the situation is one that really has me interested in what he's going to look like this year and then on top of that the price is just so low I, I can't help myself <laughs> I mean, okay, first of all, Kyle Kuzma is a reigning NBA champion, so I'm not sure the price is that low. Uh, yeah, his, his numbers during the postseason were uh, were rough. I mean, it's funny because I, I remember watching and thinking, yeah, I like a lot of the things Kuz is doing, you know, not playing beyond himself, you know, taking mostly threes in the corners. Then you look at the numbers and it's just like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, um, right. That was that was a fine, fine performance. But 
Yeah, I actually wrote about that last week on Silver Screen Roll about how I really like the Kuzma Marcus Ole combination. I think just mm-hmm. someone who passes the way Mark does and someone who has the off ball awareness that Kuzma does, it's just a match made in heaven, really. And hopefully they get enough minutes to line up with one another because it does not appear that Frank Vogel has decided on a starting lineup yet, but I think it's fair to say that Kuzma is not in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Kyle Kuzma quite a bit. I don't think shooting guard is his natural position. And that seems to be the biggest spot available in the starting lineup. <laughs> so uh, I think, yeah, Kuzma is probably not going to be a starter. Hopefully, you know, there's still enough staggering to get him minutes with Mark because, you know, I just really like that, that two man game. It's, it's really pretty to watch. Um, there was also one other Kyle Kuzma play that really stuck out to me. Um, it was late in the game. I think it was in the fourth quarter where he came off a of screen and immediately rose up into a three from the wing, which mm-hmm. number one, I hate when Kyle Kuzma takes threes from the wing because he's not very good at them. Yeah, so is everybody. The footwork to, you know, come off a screen and shoot that shot. I think I saw somebody on Twitter say that was like JJ Redick like. I mean, that mm-hmm. was beautiful. I didn't know Kuzma had in his bag to make that kind of shot, but his his mechanics have been pretty consistent through this preseason, which again, you know, three games against two against very lousy competition and one against one that was trying a little bit harder. <laughs> But mm-hmm. it's nice to see that, like, you know, there are things that are replicable for the rest of the season. So that was Absolutely. that was a good thing to see from Kuz. Yeah. Other other factor here, it's contract year Kuz. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if there's if there's anybody who would really show out during their contract year, I feel like it would be Kuzma. It's kind of like remember Trevor Ariza? You oh would always God. look at me. <laughs> you always look and say, Man, he's really playing his ass off. And then you look on Spo Tracker, Hoops Hype, whatever yeah. it is, and you realize Oh, that's like, why. Literally, Trevor was assigned a five-year contract, didn't know where he played for four years, and then he came back. <laughs> yeah, so I that's another that's another factor. I just think you know, to be to be completely honest, this is the year for him. You mm-hmm. know, the, the Lakers didn't extend him. Uh it doesn't appear There's like they're still going time. to. They, they they can yeah. they they can and and now that they have LeBron and and AD locked up the way that they do, it makes a little bit more sense uh, to 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 do that. But still, they still haven't extended him. And just from hearing some whispers behind the scenes as well, you know, his number was significantly higher than <laughs> than than anybody would would anticipate. Uh, Kuzma should have ever asked for. I've heard as high as twenty million a year. In that in that kind of range, and, and, and Pinka said that himself on on my on my show. Uh, to if you're looking for for more legitimate sources, and <laughs> and like that's that's a big number. And if you're going to demand that number, you really got to play your tail off. And you know, for for somebody like him who didn't have a big rookie contract, does mm-hmm. have his Puma deal, but you know, it's it's in the mid range. Right. <laughs> level right. kind of. I'm sure he's making good money area. on his shoe contract relative to 27 picks, but 27th picks. Oh, I yeah, you're say. right. But yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but, you know, for, for somebody, if he, if he really thinks he's worth that kind of money, mm-hmm. the Lakers have put him in a spot. So either, either he's going to start out of position with Marc Gasol or he's going to be a part of, you know, these really kind of up and back kind of defensive teams that can get out and, and, and operate in transition. He's going to be playing next to Montrez Harrell mm-hmm. and, and uh, somebody in like Cal or Alex Caruso, who right. I like that combination quite a bit last year mm-hmm. when, when we got to see it. So, you know, this is the kind of roster and this is the kind of situation and that, that if you're going to demand that kind of money and you can't do it in this situation, mm-hmm. then you can't be demanding that kind of money. 
Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, it it's a really good thing for Kuzma that LeBron and AD are both signed on for so much longer because the Lakers have, I wouldn't say more money to play with because they obviously have a lot committed into those two guys. But now the salary mm-hmm. cap is just like a, it's an artificial construct at this point. They can spend whatever they want on their existing guys, um, which I'm fascinated to see what that looks like for Taylor and Horton Tucker next year. But that's, you know, <laughs> putting the cart before the horse. Uh, yeah, this is a real opportunity for Kuzma. Uh, I liked his defense on Devin Booker to start the game. I thought yes. it was telling that Frank Vogel, I think said that, you know, that was something they were interested in looking at to see what his mm-hmm. wing defense looked like. Booker hit some great shots. That's going to happen. You know, he's a really excellent offensive Booker player. Booker was throwing everything at him too, by yeah. the way. Like multiple moves per mm-hmm. possession, step backs, you know, lean-ins, trying to get some some help from referees and stuff like that. I, Yes, you're absolutely right. And Booker is going, he's probably the best shooter in the league right now, other than maybe Steph. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it, it, not maybe Steph. Other than Steph, he's the best shooter in, yeah. in the NBA, <laughs> and and is definitely you know up there for best off the dribble shooters. And yeah, I I liked how Kuz approached that that matchup. It's just sometimes great players get the better of you. Yeah, I mean there was this. Uh, I'm thinking of one shot specifically where like Booker had him like on the perimeter. Kuz stayed with him up until the paint. Like he was right on him, and then. Booker just gave him like a little, little arm bar yeah. shove just to create just enough space. And I was like, I mean, that's excellent defense. You know, I, yeah. I can't really fault Kuz there. It's just a professional scorer getting the job done and you're making his life as hard as possible. And those are the kinds of things that Kuz is going to have to do to earn minutes. And I'm happy to see them because it's definitely not the glamour role. I'm sure he thought he was going to have, you know, you're one with the Lakers where he was just, you know, getting buckets all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't have to do anything else, but I am, I'm pleased with the evolution. I know again, preseason caveats, whatever. Uh, yeah. We do this every year. Yeah. yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good mindset. Like I, I remember thinking, you know, Kuz's first interview of the season, he sort of looked a little disengaged, like mm-hmm. wasn't sure what his future was like here. Things are a little bit more settled now, right? Like he can see himself having a future where the Lakers actually pay him some money. I think that helps. It's, mm-hmm. you know, having all of these contract situations, you know, taken care of, adds a little stability for everybody, not just, you know, Rob Polinka. Yeah. I, and, and I think Christian knew what we were going to talk about tonight. So he, he apparently Frank Vogel in his post game was talking quite a bit about Kuz. Uh, Christian <laughs> tweeted out Kyle Kuzma said Frank Vogel uh, told him in his exit meeting that he wants him to shoot off the move more often. So Kuzma said he spent the short off season, just shooting a lot of three pointers um, as a result uh, Kuzma has shot 47.6% from three point range this, uh, preseason. And, you know, in a, in a, in a preseason that obviously Taylor Horton Tucker has gotten all of the attention, all of the headlines and stuff. The fact that we are talking right now about Kyle Kuzma really shows how good he's been. And yeah, <laughs> we keep, I, I keep looking for, you know, we were talking about, we have been talking quite a bit about how good this Lakers team could possibly be. If mm-hmm. Kuzma is like the kind of player that the Lakers think Kuzma could be, then like, good Lord. Take anybody last year, add another three and D guy in Kuzma. <laughs> right. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know if he is actually, you know, cause, cause I don't think there is a team in the NBA that believes in Kyle Kuzma, the way that the Lakers believe in Kyle Kuzma. Maybe Greg Other than like his. Does. What's that? Maybe Greg Popovich does. He had very, very nice Maybe, things to say yeah. about him after Team USA. 
And well, but you look at the, the the people who are now speaking up for him, right? It's the Lakers who are the reigning champions, and obviously have spent a lot of time around him. Uh, this was one of the things that really struck me over the the couple off seasons watching him is that you have a lot of people. Kobe spoke up for him, and uh, the Rock spoke up for him, and and a <laughs> lot of these like a lot of these people who are very good in their vertical just kind of marvel at his work ethic and stuff. And and if he actually is the person that the those people in this organization and Greg Popovich all believe, and Kyle Kuzma most importantly of all, uh, if he is that guy, then then I don't I just I, I legitimately don't know. Uh, what what where to place the ceiling on this Lakers team? I, I really we joked about ninety two and zero. Maybe we should say like ninety eight and zero, and they just win a couple extra games for the, for the fun of it. <laughs> I I must have missed when the Rock was singing Kyle Kuzma's praises. I'm gonna oh, have to I look swear. that up I at a later date. Find- no, I, it's, it's the kind of thing where you wouldn't really make it up, but yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I'm gonna find that. I remember writing about it back when I was at at Silver Screen and Roll. It was like one of these random things that I had to talk about. All right. Well, I think we've talked sufficiently about Kyle Kuzma. Let's take a little bit break and then we'll talk about the rest of the Lakers who contribute to this awfully high ceiling. All right. So the Lakers got their first preseason action with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the court today. The first shift literally could not have been a starker contrast between game six of the finals (laughs) and their first action. I'm yeah. pretty sure LeBron said on road tripping a couple of weeks ago that he's touched a basketball maybe twice this off season. And it does not seem like he's exaggerating. <laughs> there was definitely <laughs> a lack of fluidity there. But what was cool was it took literally all of one shift for LeBron and AD to, to sort of pick it up again. Like obviously they weren't diving on the floor and playing the level of impact defense that you've come to expect from them. But like the, the cohesion looked as good as I remember it. You know, they, they fit right next to Marcus all like, I felt a little bit bad for Gasol because I noticed that he was slow, which I didn't in the first game. But like when you play next to Anthony Davis and LeBron, it just yeah. that front court makes, you know, your flaws stand out a little bit. But man, it was fun to watch them play again. They just <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of I just keep saying like just kind of laughing like a doofus when, when while I'm watching <laughs> these guys play. Uh, it's kind of perfect that your your headphone dropped out because that was like exactly how LeBron's first half was going. He couldn't <laughs> dribble, couldn't catch the ball, like couldn't throw a pee in the ocean. Uh, he took one of his like you know trademark dribble to his right, pull up three pointers, and it. Ba- I, I think he almost banked it in. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was just a really ugly half, and and Anthony Davis was slow on a couple rotations or in transition on another one and got dunked on for and ones. That's not mm-hmm. something that you're used to seeing. Uh, and even he had trouble catching the ball and you, and you know, I kind of, I was kind of chuckling about it because both guys have basically said that this off season was spent basically just kind of rehabbing and getting just cause releasing from, from the, uh, toll that last season took on them and that they didn't really want to touch a basketball all that much. He was like, it sure showed, you know, <laughs> it sure looked like it. Uh, and, and then like you're saying though, that second shift, they came out and they really put the clamps down. That was another thing I was really impressed. Uh, I'm this team, I think is going to be kind of frustrating sometimes on defense uh, because you know that they're capable of really putting the clamps on, but they're so good offensively that I think, their minds are going to wander on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they put the clamps down, I think at one point they were on a 44 to 14 run or something like 42 or 44 to 14 run in that second quarter. And 
and and poor <laughs> this is really funny i felt bad i'm watching it on the uh, nba tv feed mm-hmm. and it was through the phoenix suns announcers okay. and they're saying they're saying the whole you know first stretch to open the game during that first shift that uh, you know, the, the, that Monty Williams really stressed that this is going to be the opportunity to kind of get at LeBron James and get at Anthony Davis and get at the reigning champions while they're really kind of figuring things out and they aren't quite in, in NBA shape. And, and, you know, to Phoenix credit, they kind of did. <laughs> and, and then the <laughs> Lakers started caring and these poor guys, the, the, the poor announcers were just sitting there like, well, you know, it's a learning lesson. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. It was all, it was, I was just dying watching it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a really good point by Monty. You know, that's what you got to do against the Lakers. This is first basketball action since October 11th. This is when you're going to want to get them. But mm-hmm. I was just, I was really impressed by how quickly they were able to turn it on. Uh, obviously there were still like a lot of missed bunnies, which I don't think is going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I think there were two times where like, the Lakers not only missed point blank layups, but like didn't even hit the rim on either. Yeah, Saul did. <laughs> yeah, that was very strange. Yeah. Um, Trez is, you know, missing a couple more things around the rim that I would expect, but all, you know, things that are going to get ironed out. Uh, but yeah, LeBron caring. And then when they got stops and were able to run, it reminded you that like, okay, maybe they don't have JaVale anymore to be the outlet on those passes. And like, maybe they're not going to be this primo shot blocking team. Although Trez did have a yeah. fantastic help side yeah. block. Uh, but they're still going to get turnovers and they're still going to run and they're still just going to be freaking devastating on the break because how do you stop LeBron James in transition? I don't care who's next to him. It really does not matter. Like there was one break where Dennis Schroeder was on the, on the other side of the lane and like, just like completely ignored him. (laughs) (laughs) It it, also on top of that, like Mark Gasol outlet passes to get them going too is, is going to be, I mean, he had, Obviously it was, it was kind of a scramble play and it was Mm -hmm. this ugly back and forth kind of semi-transition play and Gasol got a rebound, saw AD up the court and soccer passed it to him, you know, four fifths of the court all the way down there, AD catches it and dunks it. And yeah, even if like, this was one of the things that kind of frustrated me in the Roy Hibbert era where (laughs) era. (laughs) But one season he played with the Lakers. Dude, it felt like an era. <laughs> it felt like way more than one season. But like I always, I always got kind of annoyed with with Hibbert and and the way that the Lakers played with Hibbert because they kind of let him dictate how fast they were going to play. When you had guys like Randall and you had guys, uh, I'm trying to think of who old Clarkson was on that team, and then you had like Wesley Johnson who is not going to be good anywhere, anywhere else on a basketball court other than transition. Mm-hmm. And yet like Hibbert would get the, would get a rebound and then just like methodically pass it to whatever point guard was next to him. <laughs> and, and there goes the Lakers transition opportunities, but you watch Gasol and whenever he rebounds it, he does a fantastic job of turning those shoulders up the court, really pivoting in midair for like the millisecond that he is in the air <laughs> <laughs> and, and then finding an outlet pass, uh, and then, and then the Lakers, he can just chill back there. Honestly, like that's how I used to love play. as I gained more and more weight in college. Cause I drank too much. It was basically like, I'll get the rebound, fire it up the court. And then, you know, to sit back Reverse here and play cherry defense. Pick, great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, and I feel like that's a, that's a great role for, for Gasol to find himself in. Yeah. I mean, I, I have very few complaints about how the Lakers play today. Uh, 
we haven't even talked about Taylor Horton Tucker yet, which I think is obligatory at this point. Um, I, I'm surprised <laughs> we haven't changed the name of our show yet, but <laughs> this guy, uh, for some reason is not starting, I guess, you know, they've already seen what he can do. Uh, they're trying to give other guys an opportunity, whatever, yeah. you know, Frank do your thing, <laughs> but you know, the first half is sort of maybe the shine is worn off of THT. Maybe it was just like a little hot streak. And then second half of the game comes along and all of a sudden you cannot stop him going to the rim. If he yeah. decides he wants to get into the lane, it's, that's the decision has been made. Like he is going to get there. And then he's so clever in how he finishes around the rim and his mm-hmm. arms are just obscenely long that he can finish at any possible angle. I'm, I mean, I can't help but marvel at the guy. Like he's 20 years old and he has the, you know, the, he can control the pace. He knows exactly mm-hmm. how to get his defender where he wants him to go through a couple of nice pocket passes. I remember one to Devonte Haycock late in the game, just his command of the floor is, is remarkable. And I'm not sure I thought of him as a point guard when the Lakers drafted him, although I don't really know what position he was supposed to be because again, you know, six, four, seven, one arms, like, what is he? But <laughs> yeah, the, he, he was just running the offense. Like it was nobody's business. And I, again, I'm running out of good things to say about him because he's so composed and he looks like he could be contributing right now. And again, preseason, whatever, mm-hmm. but like there are players trying to fight for their NBA lives right now. And Taylor Horn Tucker saying, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> It, all right, so I kind of hearken back to Major League Two when Willie Mays Hayes shows up and he starts hitting homer after homer after homer, and his teammates are all marveling, like, man, if he's fast and he can hit homers like this, good Lord, watch out. And his, his coach or the manager and that, who I forget the actor, is like one of my favorite roles of all time. But he says, well, he's doing that on somebody who's going to be bagging groceries next week. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's like focus on doing the things that that win games. But to that point, Horton Tucker does a ton of things that win you basketball games. He's you're absolutely right in his understanding of pace. He's very good at putting his defender in jail on, you know, coming around a pick and roll. Uh, the one thing, you know, when you talk about his finishing, the one thing I, I've I've been trying to figure out, like, why he's so crafty at, at finishing and he's so thick, right? 230 pounds that he's going to be able to get into defenders and knock them back. Right. And then while he's knocking them back, he can extend further than any other human, his size to the basket. And, and it, and he just, he's very good at his understanding of English and spin around the basket. It's, it's, it's fantastic to watch. And my favorite thing about, I, I love watching him dribble because like people who are chubby, people who are not like super laterally quick, mm-hmm. what you really rely on is moving the defender so that so that you make yourself quicker when the defender does your work for you, right? And he's so good at paying attention to where the defender is in front of him. As soon as he sees any kind of lean one way or the other, bang, he's going the other way. He's going the other way. And he's so good at, at, at getting that defender to do that. He was doing that to Paul George and to Kawhi Leonard. That's why Kawhi was saying, like, this dude's 20? Yeah. What? It, it, he's so far ahead of where he, he should be mentally. And and it's the kind of thing that, you know, because there were some some maturity uh, questions and and whether or not he was going to get or stay in shape. Well, he's there with LeBron James, who very clearly believes in him. And mm-hmm. if you're going to put somebody with those questions in a situation, you want him on this Lakers team where there yeah. are so many just professionals up and down this roster. And uh, and and I, 
you know, it, it's another thing. It's, it's another thing that makes you think good. Like how any other team in, in the NBA this year would be bending over backwards to find minutes for this guy. And the Lakers are like, well, maybe we can get him 12. Yeah. I think he's the 11th guy in the rotation. <laughs> so, you know, if someone's sitting out for the night like that, yeah. Taylor will get some run. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the maturity thing, I, I guess I never really noticed last year because he wasn't around the team as much, but I mean, he's 20 years old, right? Like I think about all the stupid things you did when you were 20 years old. Like it's just, I can't, the list I, is just remarkable. I drink I mean, too much. It's like those <laughs> memories are gone. <laughs> I think that like he has the potential to become like a better athlete, like to get in better shape because he probably hasn't like even scratched the surface of what his nutrition regimen could yeah. look like, you know, um, he's just drinking a bunch of OJ in the bubble. That's what I remember from Taylor Martin Tucker. <laughs> Hey man, vitamin C goes a long way, but, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I, the, the sun's again, the sun's announced. It, it's kind of fun every so often to watch a game with the other team's announcers so that you, yeah. you get a feel for what these teams, I think the, like the, the thing that I always give Lakers announcers, I, I don't really like Billy Mack all that much as a play-by-play guy, but I think one thing that Stu Lance has always done a very good job of is really hyping up the other team, especially young players on the other team. And, and I, I, I actually really enjoyed the Suns broadcast tonight and they were ranting and raving about this guy. Uh, I believe it's Eddie Johnson who, who does that uh, uh, color commentary for, for the Phoenix Suns. And he was just, you know, Eddie Johnson's it was a, no, was it Eddie Johnson? I'm, I'm bungling the name, but the guy who does it for the Suns was a fantastic scorer when he was, when he was playing and he was watching Horton Tucker and, you know, they started with the, well, he's not bashful. And then by the time that, by the time that the game ended, they were just marveling at the ways that he is, he, he uses his craftiness, his shiftiness, and his just God-given talents. Uh, it's, it's, it's really something to behold. Yeah. I just, I have so much fun watching him and it, it just makes my heart full because we had to give away so many young players to get Anthony Davis. And <laughs> again, totally worth it. You know, Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. I don't know why I went in that order. They're all fun, you know, but they're not Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. but it's still great just to have a homegrown guy who you can watch from the beginning and you can see, you know, go through all of the learning curves and pitfalls that come with it and just immediately get attached to and, you know, lock in on from the beginning. We, we don't have a lot of those guys. We have Kuzma, him and Caruso, like that's it. And even mm-hmm. Caruso technically got his start with the Oklahoma city G league team. So there's very few Laker homegrown guys and to have one, I mean, like obviously those Laker teams earlier in the decade were just objectively terrible, but there was a certain joy in watching, you know, our guys figure it out. Um, And to have one of those still, like I can't imagine we're going to get too many going forward. The Lakers just give out draft picks like they're candy, but it's, there's something special about that. It's just a little bit different. And I, I really appreciate that experience. Well, think about it. Every other player on the Lakers roster, especially in the rotation, the expectation is championship, right? Like heading into it, the, the, the expectation is that those guys, everybody in that rotation is a championship level rotation player. With THT, there were no expectations going into this. And it's so much fun to watch somebody outdo expectations. And then, you know, you're, you're, that bar, the expectation bar raises every single after every single good game and for him to keep on kind of reaching that bar jumping over that bar 
is really fun. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool process. Now, you know, is it going to be this in the regular season? No, probably not. It are, <laughs> will it be this even next season? No, probably not. But you know, that, that growth, that process, and it isn't a linear process. So there are going to be stretches where you're like, mm-hmm. what the hell do we see with this kid? Uh, but, but eventually you, you, you watch this at the very end of it and it's, it's a, it's a fantastic final product at the end of the day. Also, I, I Googled it. It is Eddie Johnson. I, yeah, I, I just right. Googled it as well. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. Good work, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a really, really good scorer when he was, was, was he like the microwave Eddie Johnson? Is that who I'm thinking of? I don't, I don't think it is him, but maybe Vinny Johnson's I, I, microwave. Sorry. It's yeah, not Eddie, yeah. 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 My bad. But Eddie, Eddie Johnson was like a really good shooter. He was a really good scorer and all those things. And, and, and for him to, and, and you're just, so you think just like we said about Kyle Kuzma a second ago, right? The kind of people who were vouching for Kyle Kuzma seem that that similar list is now being built up by THT where the loudest person is LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Johnson, I believe is either a hall of Famer or close to it. Uh, and then you have, you know, all of the, <laughs> all of, uh, clutch who mm-hmm. is, you know, AD Trez, all these guys are saying, yeah, this, this guy, this kid is for real. And, and now it's, it's getting around the league and, you know, Kevin O'Connor just wrote about him the other day for the ringer. He's the story maybe of, of preseason thus far. And, and for good reason, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing that the Lakers have going for them so far. I mean, at this point, I would like to see Talon Horn Tucker starting in place of Dennis Schroeder. Um, it's probably the <laughs> one thing I haven't liked about the Lakers preseason, but yeah. I don't want to end this on a sour note. You know, we've got a lot of good players on the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, Schreuder, um, just, go ahead, go ahead. Schroeder's not shooting enough threes. I'm, I'm watching and, you know, I think they're still trying to find the balance of Schroeder being on the ball and LeBron being on the ball and then also taking full advantage of Marcus Saul's ability mm-hmm. to create. So there, it's going to take a little while to, to find that balance. But I think an important step or an important part of that process is going to be Schroeder just getting comfortable catching and shooting again. And, yeah, and, it and also- until he does that, it's, it's really going to be kind of clunky. Yeah, it also feels like he's at that point where he doesn't quite know where his teammates want the ball yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in terms of like how high or how low, you know, and with the passing angles. And that's the kind of thing that you would expect to just develop over time. Uh, so obviously like, there's still a while to go with Schroeder. Hopefully his ankle's okay, but I assume that yeah. they're just going to be proactive and keep him out against Phoenix if there's any problems on Friday. But uh, a couple other things I liked, just, you know, quick notes. Uh, I thought Markeith Morris was really good today, like uh, interior defense wise. He's just like mm-hmm. super confident taking his threes. Jared Dudley, always fun, you know hitting what can charitably be called the dagger in the preseason game today. Uh, just just a good time whenever he's on the court. And I just demand that our colleagues at at, at Silver Schoon and Roll uh, react to to my like the, the rare occasion where I give a correct take. I just demand that they react in in a similar way <laughs> to me giving a correct take as as the Lakers do whenever Dudley hits a three pointer. That's all I ask. The man you is know? beloved, you know. He is the biggest hype man for everyone else, and they reciprocate yeah. it. And it's it's just it's beautiful to watch. Um, and then Wes Matthews, that was really good today. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know he could run a pick and roll. Like, why did Milwaukee never do this last year? <laughs> he ran a really nice pick and roll with Marcus All. Had this like nice little pass around the defender. Obviously, Mark kind of flubbed it because it's just one of those days for Gasol. But like, mm-hmm. he's got some ball skills I did not expect. You know, nice corner three point shooter. What a pickup! <laughs> for, for 
I think he's making four times less money or three times less money than Danny Green yeah. is making this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, basically the Lakers in that Schroeder trade gave up Danny Green and got Wesley Matthews and Dennis Schroeder, which Rob Palenka's got. Like, is he, I just want to know if he just, like, walks around – with a crown on his head or like <laughs> did, did he and and lebron go and get matching crowns mm-hmm. that's all I, that's what that's what i want to know um uh, the wesley matthews so this is this is going to be really fascinating to watch right because wesley Ma- wesley matthews probably thinks he should start kcp probably thinks he should start and kyle kuzma now probably thinks he should start as well as schroeder and and schroeder well i think schroeder is going to start at yeah, least that's at the beginning my take of the year. too that's the I think that's the the political locker room move that they're mm-hmm. that they're gonna do there. Uh, so that now means then you have three guys kind of vying for one spot, and I'm I'm interested if if you're just kind of going with the slow methodical approach, Matthews is the guy. If you want somebody who can give you a little bit more uh, variety. I, I guess technically KCP and Matthews can both come off of screens mm-hmm. and then, and then now apparently people are comparing Kyle Kuzma to JJ Redick. <laughs> so, so I don't know what, what direction uh, Frank Vogel goes in in there, but, but again, these are all, these are all first world problems or negative fifth world problems that the Lakers are, are dealing with. Yeah. I wonder if Vogel would consider experimenting with the starting lineup, like not having a fixed one. I know. Um, mm-hmm. Like the Raptors did that a couple of years ago where like Gasol would start some of the games and or like Valentinus would start some of the games and Ibaka would start some like depending on the matchup. And I could see that happening with like KCP and Matthews too, where like mm-hmm. if there's a strong guy on the wing, maybe you want to put Matthews in. But if there's like a normal size two guard, then KCP is obviously your guy. Another guy who I think plays really well off of Mark. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think KCP has earned that spot with his play in the bubble. Mm-hmm. I would assume that he stayed with the Lakers with the understanding that his role was going to remain as good as it was, you know, the year before, maybe not a starter, but still like a guy closing games too. Uh, I I think he would have to be like the leader in the clubhouse at this point, but I mean, I wouldn't be upset any way that this turns out, which is, which is pretty cool because like last year it was like, you know, checking through all the guards we had, like, is, I don't know if I want this guy. I don't know if I want that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, this is uh we'll see how the 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 last preseason game goes and and what it actually looks like when uh oh Jared Dudley just uh retweeted Harrison so so there you go um i i thought for a second it was lebron and i, <laughs> I would have lost my stuff but the but because uh, obviously the person that you always confuse Jared Dudley with therefore is LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I just think you know you headed into this preseason. I so personally, the way I approached preseason and watching these games was I have sky high expectations for this team. I think it's a special group of guys. I think like I, I I'm I'm. I maintain that this is the best Lakers team of my lifetime, including the 16 and one team, the, the back-to-back teams. Like I top to bottom, I think this is the best roster heading into a season that the Lakers have ever had. And as a result, I basically headed into this preseason, finding a way to talk myself off of that stance. And all that I've done is basically just laughed at, Holy crap, this, this actually might be a thing. 
I, I feel the same way. I was skeptical certain things that happened in the off season and all the Lakers have done is just been like, Oh, we have so many options. It doesn't matter if you don't like some of them, like they're all going to be excellent. Uh, it's, I mean, think about where we were like a year ago, you know, obviously the Lakers played really well in the preseason, but they were just dunking on the Warriors like four times in a row. Like it wasn't a real, a real yeah. challenge. The Warriors had no centers and it was just JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis literally dunking on them, not even metaphorically. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of with you. I haven't had, I wouldn't say this is the most talented team. I'm going to have to give that some thought because. Think about it. I promise you next time you and I talk, I, okay. I want, I want to pick back up on this. I, it's the kind of thing that I first thought and I thought, man, am I really willing to go out on that limb? And the limb just keeps getting stronger. It's been, yeah. it started like a twig and cause you're thinking like the teams, my lifetime. So like we want to, I'm not going to count, you know, like there's, yeah, I'm not going to count the, the showtime era because that was before I was born in 86. Right. So okay. technically I was alive for some of that stuff, but not really you want back to back titles right after you were born, man. <laughs> Well, you know, 88 <laughs> was 88 was the, the, you know, before this and they last might have year, won the three year. if they didn't stop Pat Riley from saying it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, you, you're looking at, at, if you want to count those, those era teams, then the, the case make gets tougher, but if you're counting the three Pete, which you would, you should, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just think while obviously that run, I don't think this team is going to three-peat, but I don't think in any given year from those three-peat teams, I don't think any of those teams was as well put together as this one is. And then the back-to-back championships that Kobe and Powell won. I think we're lesser than the three-peat teams. Yeah. So I don't, so, so I just, you know, the LeBron AD combination, the group of role players that this team has, I mean, it's just, and, and, and then you have a, a, a an up and coming Hall of Famer and Taylor Horton Tucker that might not even find time to play. I it's just you know what do you do there? I, I really have no idea. All I know is I'm going to be disappointed if Frank Vogel does not find minutes for Taylor Horton Tucker. And <laughs> oh, I think he's going to. I got to tell you that was not where I expected to be one week ago <laughs> when we started talking about the preseason. So yeah, it's, it's been a fun week. Uh, Lakers get back at it against Phoenix on Friday. Uh, I imagine that there will be more roster changes for that one, you know, because they don't want to exert anyone. And clearly when the Lakers decide to turn it on, they're, they're okay already. So we don't really need the, the warm up. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, Anthony? No, no. Other than like, if, if I just jinx the Holy crap out of, of, of this by putting them on that pedestal, then, then blame Harrison for giving me this platform in the first place. You know, 92 and O is the expectation and we will not settle for any less. All right. No, not not a single game less. Not any less. Well, this has an I Love Basketball on the Silver Screen Roll podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to our show so you can listen to Laker Talk every day of the week, and we will talk to you soon.